Hi, I'm being a goofball. Hello, good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever in the world you may be. I am Nicole BZ, and you know everything. You might not know some of this, though. So I'm calling this episode BZ Basics because I might think about things a little bit differently, and I might use words in a way that might not be obvious. And I've been doing this. I mean, really, I've been doing this for like 25 years. That's kind of how business coaching found me was I was in a new industry and a very senior level leadership position being put in charge of all the things, COO, and uh, no one wanted to listen to me. And the way that I worked and the way that I motivated and the way I communicated wasn't effective. So I had a coach because I'm a big believer in development and growth. And I also respond much better to others. I used to be embarrassed about that, but now I recognize it as just the way I work best. So I consistently seek out ways to hold myself accountable. And I find it's other people that work the best. So I was working with a coach. I was in a fit of defeatist rage. And I asked where they had gone to school to study and become certified And I called that school upon discovering who they were. And they told me they had an intake the week after. And I said, sign me up for the whole kit and caboodle. Fast forward a year, I was a full-time coach, but I digress. I did, however, during that education, learn how to measure energy and how to work within this framework of the seven levels of energy from IPAC, Bruce Schneider is the creator, give credit where credit is due. But what I realized is words are energy and understanding is energy and communication is energetic. And when we use words, oftentimes they come with a loaded feeling like my definition of business or money or responsibility might be different than yours. So I kind of wanted to go through some of those definitions with you because I talk a lot about business, but I'm not talking about it. Let me rephrase. I am drawing upon some of the common concepts and similarities of our colonialist, capitalist, patriarchal systems. But what my entire raison d'etre is, is to challenge those existing constructs and to empower you to create your own version of business without the same old world mentality and expectations, right? But like we use words to communicate with each other, which relies upon an assumed understanding. So what I want to do in this episode, because there's a lot of you that are new to me, (laughs) welcome. If you're still still listening, uh, you're in for a wild ride. And there's a bunch of you that have been around for a really long time. And I may or may not have made myself clear. So I want to do that right now. And I've debated on if I wanted to share this or not, because it's an experience 
I know I, I, I always draw from the conversations that I'm having and the particular clients that are inspiring me, but I also like to disclaim or that it's, it's an, a, like a culmination of experiences. Like I've been having the same conversation for 25 years and it's the most recent one that I went, okay, 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 okay. We gotta, we gotta like birth this out into the ether. Right. So I talk a lot about business because I believe business is the key to freedom and autonomy. And that's my number one value is just my independence And when you can carve out your own livelihood, when you can create a way to generate value in exchange for value, you will start to make your own way. Now, some of us do this full time. Some of us do this completely employed by somebody else. Most of us are somewhere in between, right? But as this very interesting experiment continues to evolve, I think that when you're willing to create a structure around what it is that you do, and I define that as you take it seriously, you are in business. It, in, in, in our capitalist, colonialist, patriarchal structures, it's really popular to take something you love and monetize it. People will say, wow, you're so good at that. You should do that for a living, or you should sell that, or you should really do something with that. They're not wrong, but oftentimes when we monetize our passion, it, it becomes work instead of just love. And, and that's a thing to just simply be aware of. That's why I define business as taking it, taking you seriously. And I got there because of the thousands of people that I've worked with and what makes someone a professional artist or a professional investor, or a professional widget maker, they took it seriously. They take it seriously. They want it to be perceived as their serious endeavor. And they're committed to it. That's, to me, kind of what serious is. Like, okay, I'm going to do this thing, and I'm going to keep doing it. And even if it doesn't go the way that I wanted to, I'm probably going to keep doing it. Or I'm going to iterate on this concept and do something else, right? But like, I'm going to take things seriously. And you get to define what that means. Like, really, you do. There may or may not be an exchange around it. I, I would I, do it. Would I argue it? Yeah, I think so. I like business is taking it seriously because you expect something in return. That is the exchange, right? Now, all an exchange needs to be is something that is mutually beneficial. So even if it's just you inputting something into a device, but you get some sense of accomplishment out of it, that counts in my book. Now, that exchange can also be multi-million dollars. That exchange can be the blood, sweat, and tears of a hundred different people. It can also just be you take it seriously, and in return, you get your own self-confidence or self-worth. This is why I think it's so important to really feel into the words that you're using and to get really clear on how you're going to describe what it is that you are doing. Like a common example in the United States, it's really popular that when you first meet someone, you ask them what they do and then their response is their job. Now, that's not how that question, well, firstly, that question isn't even the first thing that's asked when meeting someone because most cultures don't define your identity as your work. (laughs) 
nor would they define your work as your primary occupation in the sense of like the thing that keeps you busy. Most cultures, they work so that they can do the things they love and want to be busy with. That's a great example. What If you ask me what I do, I'll tell you I go outside. I read books. I hang with my dog. That's what I do. My work facilitates that, right? My work makes those things possible. I love to travel. Um, I love art. It's my work that enables me to love those things and enjoy those things. It gives me access to those things through the exchange. When you can create something that allows you to trade your desired value for your perceived value, and that feels even, you've created a really, really powerful exchange because it will encourage you to keep doing that, to keep doing your business, right? Now, we often define in the capitalist, colonialist, patriarchal structure, uh, the system, if you will, the man, we often define that in terms of money. Money has become a very recognizable metric of worth, of value. And I thought it was interesting. I was in a class the other day and apparently, and I can't, I don't have a source material on this one or not, but apparently the US dollar was initially created to recognize one hour of exchange. So when it was first created, $1 for all intensive purposes allowed someone to exchange an hour of their time and energy and expertise for a particular good. So my hour of time might buy me, I mean, at the time it was probably like 10 loaves of bread. (laughs) Now it's not even a loaf of bread. That's a completely different construct, not getting into that. But we, it gave us this medium of exchange, this ability to go, okay, well, that took you an hour and that took me 15 minutes. So you can get four of these things, right? Or you're willing to work this hour for this one thing. And that becomes this definably mutual benefit of exchange. And that's why that metric of unit continues to, to allow you to access more or less depending on, um, your definition of, uh, energy expertise and time, right? So these constructs, these structures start to not just inform the way that we think, but the way that we connect, the way we communicate, the way we exchange. That is the mechanism of business, right? But I think business takes in two other core considerations. The first being responsibility. And I would define responsibility as acknowledging both the expectation and the agreement. Oh yeah, this is the part that I wasn't going to talk about, which I think I am going to talk about it. So I was working with somebody who comes from a different culture, basically. And that culture tends to vilify the capitalist, colonialist, patriarchal structures. And their argument is, is that just because you pay for something doesn't mean you're owed anything. And... Um, agreements are made and then broken and, you know, their people have been constantly lied to and overpromised and underdelivered, And therefore like the system is broken and they're absolute, they're not wrong. Right. But in engaging in business with them, we had an agreement, we had a monetary exchange, we had an expectation and that was consistently unmet from my perspective, <laughs> And when I confronted them about this issue, I was told that 
agreements and expectations are fluid. And ultimately, everything is still unfolding. Okay. And also, I paid X amount of dollars for Y amount of time, which you explained to me, and I accepted and trusted. And that's not been fulfilled. So is this the system and the man and these existing constructs like fucking everybody over? Or is this just not what you and I, I and you discussed? Responsibility is acknowledging things have changed, right? Like we, we had an agreement based on expectations that were mutually decided upon. And we can own that. We can also own the fact that we didn't deliver on that. And then we can adjust. Responsibility is not over-delivering and over-extending and martyring. It's not spending so much time and effort on something that it, be, it comes now at a cost. So this is no longer a mutually beneficial exchange. It's just recognizing where we're at, what was agreed upon, the expectations, the agreements, and, and addressing them. That's my definition of responsibility. And I think when we're taking things seriously, when we are establishing an exchange based on a value, there is responsibility that steps up. And then lastly, there's accountability. Accountability recognizes there are always going to be multiple variables. Now, I could absolutely blame this person that I worked with for reneging, as I like to say, but essentially not delivering on what was agreed upon or expected and discussed and signed off on. But I recognize there are a lot of external circumstances, including the, this cultural experience that this person has, has shared with me. And I can give them as much allowance as still feels mutually beneficial to me or beneficial to me. I can't speak for them. So it's not mutual. It's just individually beneficial, right? Like accountability is recognizing that we are engaging in an agreement, which feels like two points, but ultimately there's a whole lot that's influencing that. And so as soon as something doesn't go according to our expectations or agreement, we can recognize that without blame or defensiveness. It's an exploration. So I share that because this is how I believe we're going to create this new world, these new world businesses that I continue to talk about and how we're going to bridge the gap from old to new, because we're still all operating from our existing skill sets. We're still all programmed and, um, what's the word like enculturated? That's a completely made up word, but like, like where this person came from taught them a certain way about engaging with people. And it's also given them permission to kind of like not, uh, deliver and they feel empowered by that. And, and like, okay, now that I've worked with them, I get it. And now I have the opportunity to continue working with them or not or ask them for accountability or responsibility, so on and so forth. But we're changing the entire ways that we engage with each other. And our expectations are built on how we've engaged up until this point. So as we read, it's not even redevelop, as we create entirely new means of ex exchange, like now you can do business with an autonomous organization using a completely manufactured currency as a metric of exchange based on a mutual agreement. And that 
may or may not be successful. That may or may not hold up for 24 hours. Yet we're all still willing to kind of, not all, some of us are still willing to, to test this experiment because we're playing with these concepts and these definitions. So this is why I, I actually think business is my art is because it is a, a very real time creative process. And this is also why I think we are all artists and therefore we are all leaders because we are all stepping into this new paradigm, like it or not, like conscious or not, this is all happening. So we can continue to assume everybody's speaking the same language and all of our words still mean the same thing. Or we can open to this idea that language, that words, that expectations, that agreements, that accountability, that responsibility, that exchange, that business is evolving. And therefore, we have this opportunity to explore what that means for ourselves. I say this a lot in jest, but in this context, it's actually quite serious. Like we use words to communicate energy, like our thoughts and our feelings. And so I might say business and you have your, like you have a definition that you are fucking solid on. It doesn't mean to you, I take things seriously. It means that I have an LLC or a C-Core and I have employees. I remember when, um, what, um, when I first created my like five-year goal plan, and I said, I wanted my own office and my own business with my own signage. Uh, that meant something, right? Like it meant like a certain amount of income and a certain amount of employees and a certain amount of clout and like legal and just like a whole bunch of stuff that when I achieved it and I realized I had physical space with people in it that were working for me with a sign on the door that had my business name. Like I ticked all of the boxes, but it felt completely different than what I meant. I meant like I would be respected and influential and wealthy and powerful. And I didn't feel like even remotely any of those things. That's what I mean when words carry a weight that without contemplation, without consideration, you may or may not be aware of. And also you might be using the same word with somebody else like, okay, so we have a contractual agreement here. <laughs> and in their minds, they're like, yeah, it's, you know, an idea. But in your mind, you're like, okay, so we're meeting every month for the next 12 months on the, this day at this time and, and getting it done. And I'm going to give you X amount of dollars for that. And in their high mind, they're like, if I'm available, if I don't decide to cancel, if you, if you make good on your commitments to me, right? Like there, there can be a lot going on. And I think now more than ever, just recognize <laughs> words. It's James McRae, I think his Instagram and social media profile, words are vibrations. Like they are taking thought and feeling and expressing them into a wavelength that hits you. And then you're, you hear it and interpret it. And without confirmation without exchanging, like, what was that energy? What was that thought? What was that feeling behind that word? And that might sound like a lot of fucking work. It will save you so much on the back end. <laughs> this is how we connect with each other. This is how we create exchange. So the words are really important. Feel them. Again, it's a synergy. This is co-creation. When I say words and they make you feel a certain way, that matters. That's how you know, like, you're my people. You're here because you like the way those vibrations hit you. And that sounds like super mega woo, but I know you have worked with people. You've exchanged value with people and businesses, and it didn't feel good. 
because we're not bringing consciousness, awareness, choice around the words that we're both using and hearing. And it, it, it's cumbersome at first. It feels like you're like, you've put too much food in your mouth. But when this becomes habitual, you hear me often say like, let me rephrase, let me reframe, like, let me find a different word because that word isn't even sounding and reverberating in my own brain hole the way I want it to feel. Human beings have taught each other and learned from each other through audible learning for tens of thousands of years. The written word is a very new technology. We can pick the written word we have more like awareness around that process than we maybe do when we're speaking. But what I'm going to get to next is like, this matters because this is emotional intelligence. Um, I think I used this example in the last podcast, but I talked about uh, sacrifice versus investment. If I asked you to sacrifice 30 minutes, yeah, 30-ish minutes of your time to listen to this, that's going to feel feel that. Hey, sacrifice 30 minutes for me. How does that feel? But when I ask you to invest 30 minutes of your time in you, how does that feel? We choose our words to convey a a specific type of connection. And when you hear someone communicating at you in a way that feels off, trust that. That's not, that's not your message. That's not your person. That ain't your business, right? And practice this. Practice feeling the words as they come out of your mouth. And if it doesn't feel right, give yourself the opportunity to choose a different word, to get really clear on what it is you're trying to convey and how you want that other person to feel. Why? Because this is emotional intelligence. This is that soft skill set that will be the difference between your success and your failure. And you can read the room. You can feel the room. Even if you don't consider yourself a soft skill expert or empathetic, empathic, (laughs) uh, you can feel it. Words are vibrations. You can literally feel them. So understanding what it is you were trying to create or potentially recreate, resource, reinvent, regenerate. The words matter. And these BZ basics are my definitions of the energy I'm trying to convey to you and inspire within you and challenge you to, um, I was going to say step up to, but like maybe just simply experience. And it's funny because I always like add all these disclaimers. If you're still listening, you get it. You vibe, <laughs> right? Like we're on the same wavelength. Um, if somehow you're still here and you think I'm speaking garbly goop, like that's totally fair. Uh, chances are I'm probably not the, the creator or the business, um, the exchange that feels mutually beneficial to you. So by all means, go find something that tickles your pickle and fills up your cup. This is like a very, it feels like very superficial, the words that you use or the definitions that you create, but this is a very deep process. And ultimately I think it is like our reason for service. Why are you doing what you do? Why are you in business? What are you accountable for and responsible for? What is the exchange that you're trying to create? When you can isolate those definitions and ultimately those feelings, you can synergize that thought to experience, to word, to action. 
you're going to be good, my friend. So, um, you got the BZ basics and, uh, I'm going to go eat some dinner now. Thank you so much for being here. You know where to find me at the BZ channel. Please like comment, share, review, uh, send presents, send love, accept it. (laughs) I'm here for it. I love you. And, um, anything else? Yeah, I'm sure. But you know, listen to the other podcasts for all those outros. Uh, I'm going to, how do I hang up? Okay, here we go. (gasps) Thank you. Thank you.